This podcast is sponsored by FHE Health and their Shatterproof program for first responders. So excited to have my next guest on the show, Angela Harrell, stop by the podcast. She is the CEO of the 100 Club of Arizona, an organization doing wonderful things for first responders. She's going to explain what the 100 Club actually is, in case you don't know. She is an amazing person with a federal law enforcement background and business background. Truly amazing. You do not want to miss this episode. Angela Harrell, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Patrick here. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Thank you for the continued support over the years. For the new listeners out there, thank you. Welcome. We know you're going to love the show. Longtime listeners, welcome back. And thank you all for the continued support. For all those criminal justice professionals and first responders that are listening and out there right now, thank you for what you do. We're going to highlight that a lot on this show. Remember, you are honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Keep up the great work. You know, as we head into the holidays, this is also or often a difficult time for many people out there, whether they're first responders or not. Folks, if you are struggling right now, please reach out to help. FHE Health and their Shatterproof program is here to help you. You can contact me directly, 303-960-9819. Our mission is you. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm very excited to have my next guest on the show, Angela Harrell. I got that right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, you, you, you call me sir, and I'm looking around for my dad. Uh, making, oh, me, no. <laughs> making me feel old, Angela. Um, she's the CEO of the 100 Club. I don't mean for that. <laughs> she's the CEO of the 100 Club in Arizona. And for those listeners out there who don't know what the 100 Club is, Angela's going to explain it and the wonderful work they are doing for our first responder communities. But, Angela, how did you, you told me a little bit about your, your background. Before we started, uh, what made you, well, talk about your background for the, for the listener who, who doesn't know who Angela is. Sure, sure. Well, I grew up uh, in, a, in a rural farm community in southern Minnesota, ended up in Arizona because who wants to shovel snow? <laughs> I know, that's why I left Colorado. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
So came out here and um, ended up ultimately pursuing my degree in justice studies and wanting to work in law enforcement in some capacity. But I wasn't really the kick in the doors kind of type. So I'm like, oh, oh, that's I'm the fun do. stuff. And that's the fun stuff. I, well, I know some people feel that way, but I just <laughs> really wanted to get more into maybe some casework protection. No, you did the smarter. Um, you did the smarter yes. route. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit different route. So that ultimately took me to a role in federal law enforcement for almost a decade, uh, working as a special agent, and it was a great poor man's jet set type job that took me to 45 countries. That's but amazing. even despite all of those things, I ended up back in Arizona because I saw what I felt like was the world. And I love being here and still don't care to shovel and have really acclimated to the heat. <laughs> so yeah, came back here uh, ultimately and really enjoyed myself I, along the way. Ended up marrying a wonderful gentleman who was a state trooper or police officer in some areas but also a firefighter and a paramedic. So like every seven-year-old dream job pretty much is what he was doing. Jumping out of helicopters, rescuing people for a living, um, similar to that kick in the doors type of law enforcement, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. more of that humanitarian spirit. But um, unfortunately, uh, he was killed during a rescue in Sedona, Arizona, when he was trying to rescue two lost and dehydrated stranded hikers. And that um, that day obviously changed the course of our future. So sorry, His, obviously, Angela. but thank you. Um, I had two little kiddos at the time. And when that happened, I decided, you know what? I need to stay here. I need to stay in Arizona and just really lean in to the community that wrapped their arms around us mm. to support us through that. And there was an incredible organization that showed up at my door and they were called the 100 Club of Arizona. And when they showed up at my door the next day, they handed me a check for $15,000. Wow. And I thought, what's the catch? What's the catch? And then I don't want this. I don't want this, but I needed it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to accept it. But at the same time, I absolutely wanted to figure out a way to pay it forward yeah. because I'm a firm believer in give to the community that gives to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so that was my first interaction with the 100 Club. Again, I didn't even know who they were. I had yeah. no idea. You know, here he is in law enforcement and fire and a paramedic, and I'm in federal law enforcement. We had, I had never heard of the 100 Club. Yeah. But it really opened my eyes, and I was so intrigued. And I did take a little time after that, but I kept hounding the previous director saying, please, how can I help? What can I yeah. do? How can I help? And she's like, when you're ready. And I'm like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. <laughs> well, sooner or later, fast forward. Um, I now it's been nine full years, but I am now the CEO of the 100 Club of Arizona. And we are truly honored to support our public safety throughout the entire state. But it's not just line of duty death that we support with. We support yeah. that's what we're most known for now. But we support non line of duty death. We do what we consider on duty, which are carcinogen exposure related cancers, specifically in the fire service. Um, and then we also do a ton of injury support. And the, I would say the largest part of what we do is mental health, wellness, and training for our first responders here in the entire state. So it really is an honor to be able to do things that are a little more proactive in that mental health wellness arena versus just that reactive uh, in, as a result of an injury, a physical injury or a death, but 
also along that proactive side is we can also give scholarships to all the kids of public safety here in Arizona. And that's truly an honor as well, because it's a, it's a way to say thank you to them for their service. And the kids are appreciative. Now the parents are really super appreciative, obviously, because the money helps always going to college, yeah. takes a little burden off them. But it's, you know, that's just a really super quick snapshot at how I got Thank here so and briefly what we do. It's amazing. Yeah, and again, I'm do. so sorry for your loss, uh, Vicki. And it's, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Angela. I was thinking I said Vicki because okay. I recently went to some training and Vicki, I'm, I'm sure, I think you know who I'm talking about, Vicki Hickson. Hickson. Oh, oh, she's a rock star. Yeah, oh, she is a rock star. And so I've known Vicky for a couple of years and I apologize you for calling you Vicky, but I was thinking about it when you were talking about, you know, doing all this, uh, Hunter club, you know, sponsoring all this, um, you know, being more active and proactive with mental health training. I just went to training last week where Vicky Hickson was the presenter and she, we, I went through a two day kind of training thing about, uh, uh mental health you know, for, for law enforcement. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's amazing, but, um, she is one of the best in the yeah, industry she, she, she really she knows her resources and, and is very, and along the line of shatterproof, you know, she, and, and along the line of what we do under our bulletproof and fireproof support under a peer 100 program, it's just about making sure that people understand that there are an incredible amount of resources out there and taking that first step to get there. And that's where Vicki has held their hand. It's where wonderful organizations like Shatterproof and or us at the 100 Club can help facilitate people to be better. And, and it's amazing. And you said it, Angela. I mean, it's, I don't think, you know, a, a lot of, well, maybe in Arizona, but I talked to a lot of first responders and I know you do too. And a lot of the ones I speak to don't realize the resources that are out there for, for mm -hmm. them. Um, mm -hmm. now you have to vet those resources, as you know, and you have to make sure that, yes. you know, they're going to, that do they're what they, culturally competent, <laughs> that yes. they're culturally Absolutely. competent and yes. you know, that they, they didn't know what they're doing and they really have the interest of the first responders in mind, but your story, um, how you, with the tragic death of, of your husband, and then you're, you know, you're in this role giving back, you know, to, to first responder families and, and individuals who need it. It really amazes me how life kind of works out. You know, I never thought in a million years I would come from a military background, law enforcement background, now working in behavioral health. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, know. that's just, I that's know, just not, not my background. <laughs> you pick up a magic eight ball, you shake the thing. And I know. Okay, like, all yeah. right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how did I ever end up in a nonprofit sector? Yeah. You know, talking to someone about behavioral and mental health and wellness. I mean, how did I end up here? Because that wasn't my path either. But yeah. as I often say to people, eyes wide open, yeah. you never know what kind of opportunities will present themselves out of adversity. And that's key. Adversity can actually create growth. Now, how did the, the, hundred club little history how did it come about i mean it was it philanthropy you know philanthropists just started this organization they as you know they loved first responders and they, and they wanted to get back or uh, what was the catalyst behind it sure many 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 years ago decades ago in detroit michigan there was an officer who unfortunately was killed in the line of duty and left behind a pregnant spouse Oh, and there was a gentleman that knew that was a car dealer, owned a car dealership in Detroit. Shocker, right? The home of the automobile. <laughs> so he he was like, we've got to do something. We've got to support this family. And he called 
100 of his friends, asked for $100 each, and got 100% support. And therein lies the beginning of the 100 Club and the actual name of it. And it really, I think about, you know, decades ago, $100 from 100 people, that would be oh. like me calling today and asking for $1,000. Uh, exactly. So that was a lot of money right. back then. That's a lot of money. Absolutely. So really, it's they're all based on the similar concept that we want to support in the event of a line of duty death. And there are well over 100 clubs, 100, 100 clubs in the nation. But the reality being is that we all function in different capacities. We all do different things. But the one common underlying principle is that, that we respond in the event of a line of duty death. We're just fortunate to be able to expand to a lot of the mental health and wellness and training and, and supporting in all types of life altering situations. Yeah. Now I, I mentioned before we started Angela, that I have utilized, not my, me personally, but I've helped first responders going back to, <clears throat> excuse me, going back to that mental health component that are yes. struggling with mental health or addiction issues mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I've utilized, you know, as on behalf of the first responder, the resources that the hunter club has, which I'm, and they're grateful for, is it just for uh, active duty members? So meaning active duty fire, EMS, law enforcement, or can a retired uh, person utilize the hunter club? You know, I'm so glad you asked that question because up until November 1st, it was active and sworn public safety. However, as of November 1st, we are now um, able to offer continued support for mental health for 24 months post successful retirement. And we also provide financial assistance in the event of a death. Now, that was a tremendous undertaking for us. I mean, a couple different reasons. Because um, first of all, the death benefit, I mean, we all know there are two things in life that are guaranteed, right? What are they? Death and taxes. There you go. (laughs) So with that said, um, you know, obligating a financial support to basically every first responder that successfully retires in Arizona is a big deal. But we have been working on retiree transition now for a couple of years. And we have recognized that at the end of it all, and you know, you, you, You've gotten out of that world and reintegrated into a new type of um, role. But the reality is, is that reintegration is hard, whether it's military or whether it's public safety. And even an expected retirement can be very challenging because it's that, do you know who I am? I'm sorry. Do you know who I am? Yeah, and you're like, you know, actually, who are you? Loss of identity. You? Oh, you don't have a ba- you don't have a badge anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forget it. But they're also used to being the fixers. Yeah. They're the ones that want to help. They're the ones that get called. And when you're not getting called anymore, we realized after yeah. talking to many different retired folks, it's <clears throat> about purpose. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure that they have a good segue and or they have the resources they need post-retirement. So you're not literally getting cut at the knees. I mean, you yeah. literally, because sometimes it feels that way. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, the honeymoon period. And then it's like, hang on, um, people don't need me anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like that. And I lost my identity. Yeah. yeah. And your spouse, generally speaking, is not your entertainment committee. Okay. <laughs> they also have a life too. And yeah. it's important to look around and say, hey, I might need help because as you and I both well know, oftentimes after retirement, that is when we lose our first responders. Uh, not only to just inherently, you know, you're used to that adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline every day. And then, yeah, you don't have any and you're looking for it and you might, you might lean to other things. So 
you're going to have potentially, you know, relationship challenges because now you're home together. Um, and then there's coping skills, good, mm-hmm. healthy co- coping skills. And then there's, oh, well, I'll just go out and drink with the guys or whatever the case is. And, you know, these things kind of add up. They add up. And we want to make sure that uh, you have the skills you need and or if you get there and you need mental health support, that we are able to do that. So I guess that was the really long answer to no, I. No, I love, I love in the, different capacities. Yeah. No, yeah. I love the explanation, uh, Angela, <laughs> and you, you hit it, you know, and like I, I said, you know, when I, I went through the same thing for the retirees out there who are uh, listening, I'm not saying you are going through this or you will go through this, sure. but a lot of them, like you indicated, Angela do uh, myself included. I, I went through and you hit it, you know, okay. Getting called, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. I have a purpose. I'm, I'm needed now. And then when that's gone, I was like, well, who am I? So I, that added to my uh, depression at the time. And, and, you know, I indicated I, to you, I went to treatment and yeah, it's huge. A lot of people don't realize that, but the fact now the, the hundred club is now as of November 1st is yeah. supporting and, and can help out retirees. That's huge. Cause I don't know too it's many organizations. I don't know too many organizations that, that do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it scares the heck out of us. Right. Because (laughs) I mean, we, it's like, we all, you're all going to retire. Right. And you're all going to ultimately succumb to the way life is. But the reality is we want, we recognize the issue and those are the people that feel the most disconnected, but what a great way to say thank you for their service and to let people know that we genuinely are going to stay committed to them. And we're going to do as much as we can in whatever modality of support that they need. Obviously, there are caps, but the reality is, is sometimes people can work through, you know, whether it is um, like an introductory level therapy or, or whether they need more advanced modality, whether it's an inpatient, outpatient, or as far as maybe ketamine or SG block type opportunities. So we all just, uh, we recognize that there are different modalities for different people at different times in their lives. Absolutely. And now is that in every hundred club across the nation or where they're at as far as retirees go? Is that just indicative to Arizona at the moment? I believe at this point, we're the only 100 club in the nation that has this offering to retirees. And again, it's all about capacity. We're fortunate that we cover the entire state of Arizona. So that gives us a little more luxury. And again, we're fortunate to have the community support, you know, through our tax credit program here in the state and or through our license plate uh, funding. So, and our license plate is pretty badass. So people should look at it. (laughs) It is, it is. It's badass license It's like that distressed black and white flag. I know, it's badass. The red and blue line through it. And that's the public safety. (laughs) And that's the one thing I, and again, I love Colorado. I'm from Colorado. I grew up there, did my career there. But and I'm not saying other states are not pro law enforcement, but Arizona is very pro law enforcement for, you know, for the most part, at least in my opinion, Angela. I think so, too. That is huge. That is huge. It's massive. You know, people call it the wild, wild west. I mean, you can call it what you want, but guess what? We take care of our people. Absolutely. But you say pro law enforcement and or pro public safety. Guess what? They need backup, too. And that's what we at the 100 Club do. We are their backup because guess what? When you call 911 and you get a first responder to come to your home, you have now invited them into your story. 
And they are expected to show up with their A game, not their B game or their C game or my back hurts or I had a you know fight with my spouse. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to do that. You have to show up with your A game. And we uh, want to stand behind them to support them and make sure that they have backup, that uh, we can absolutely. support them because they are human too. They put absolutely. their pants on the same way the rest of us do. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. Oftentimes our community members, they don't even realize that. You know, they don't realize that they just invited someone into their story. They're just in a desperate need, a desperate need for support. And speaking, that's a good segue. Speaking of stories, I know we talked about uh, the Hunter Club. We, we could spend days talking about all the successful, the thousands and thousands and thousands of successful stories from the Hunter Club and who they've helped and the families they helped. But there's a, is there any, uh, is there a couple stories that really resonate with you? And I obviously no names, but uh, you know, that you want to share that shows how much the first, uh, the hunter club helps first responders. Oh my goodness. There's, I know there's ton, so, tons of them. There are a ton. And I just, if there's ever a way, first of all, you have to get them to raise their hand. Yeah. You've got to get them to say, Hey, there's a problem here or I'm ready. How do you do that? Angela? What do you what do you recommend for people out there who I mean you've been doing this a long time you were a federal law enforcement officer what do you recommend to people out there that you know a first responder that is that is suffering right now I mean not you know where they need to hopefully not call nine one one and get some help over there and if they are listeners please do that call immediately please but Absolutely. somebody somebody out there is listening saying look I'm depressed. I've just retired. I don't know what my path is. And, you know, I, I'm really depressed. What would you mm -hmm. recommend to them? Well, I would find someone, anyone that you can talk to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's better if it's a complete stranger. And I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, you could call somebody from, you know, a, a neighboring state, going back to your state of Colorado, you know, you can call an officer there. You can call a firefighter there and be like, Hey, I know you don't know me, but but it's this that connectivity. Yeah, it's a connectivity. Yes. And and that's the one of the biggest things is often when people start to get depressed, they feel isolated. They feel like they're the only ones that are having these problems. They're the only ones that this is happening to. And the stigma, we've got to get rid of the stigma. But people need to know what their resources are, number one, because sometimes they don't know where to go. And, yeah. you know, sometimes we're a little paranoid. We're a little paranoid that somebody's going to know that we looked up something on the internet and, or you were on your work phone and you got that label and you, yeah, yeah. And you don't want labels. We need to remove stigma, remove labels, but we need to increase awareness of resources and people need to know that there's never a good time. There's never a good time to raise your hand and get help and get support, but start early. Start when the yeah. issues have not, you know, turn as they say, turn a mountain or yeah, mountain into molehill or molehill into a mountain, vice versa. <laughs> uh, but but you don't want it to continue to grow. You yeah, don't because that's it all it's going to do. It's just going to snowball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I'll go back to a different analogy, but and I think you probably heard this, but you know, it's like public safety officers and firefighters are wearing the backpack, and every time they go into a call, they take a little piece with them and they throw it in the backpack. Yeah. And every call and not everyone affects you differently. You know, you might leave with a big boulder instead of a little rock and you throw it in that backpack. But you got to figure out how to empty that backpack, empty yeah. that cup before it knocks you over. Yeah. And that is critically important. So uh, you said, you know, what would you recommend? Number one, it's OK to not be OK. I mean, that's what everybody says. 
but you gotta believe that never get time and people have to know where to go and they have to understand that they're in a safe place and that people will support them and honor their decision because it's about them at the end of the day and their family and sometimes your colleagues are your family and you just got to know that not everybody's out to get you don't be so paranoid everybody has challenges so i mean that's uh, just start just start and there's a lot of good people. I, you know, I was, I was one of those jaded cops for a long time, Angela. And that I think the job makes a lot of us uh, that way where, you know, everybody's a criminal and I don't trust you unless you have a badge or a star mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. shield. But I, I, again, I think, I think most people are good people. We just happen to see, you know, the small percentage of people out there that are getting into trouble. And I love what you said about, you know, everybody struggles at some point or another. Uh, there's only so much a first responder can see. I'm not just talking about cops. I'm talking about everybody who falls under that umbrella. And I often tell people, look, you're an important person. You are, you are loved. You're a lot of people care about you, but your problems aren't unique. They're not, they're not yeah. like, they're not like something that people in treatment and people who help people have mm-hmm. never seen before, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's why, and you know, people, millions of before you have, have, you know, got treatment, and you know, got help, and you know, come back to the departments, their families better because yeah. you know they. But the the key is, like you said, call a trusted friend or somebody uh, mm-hmm. that you can you can talk to. Uh, and I like I like your advice of sometimes it's better not to talk to somebody you don't know or that you know. I think some yeah. of the I, I I I think sometimes people you know they'll 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 talk to their spouse and I'm not knocking their spouse. I'm just saying that maybe sure. they don't know how to deal with it most of the yeah. time or, or, or they a, don't. you know, so, or family members. So you got to talk to somebody well, a professional and you're right. And getting to a professional is important because you have this team around you and maybe a spouse is a person, but you know what, that's, you've got to start somewhere. So if you're sharing it with your spouse, fantastic. But in public safety, you know, we're, we're known for traumatizing others just with our own stories that are like no big deal for us every day. And then you share it with somebody else and you're like, but you saw them with no arm. You know? I know we and got that sick sense of humor, Angela, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. But you've got to be in a place where it's relatable, yeah. where you can be like, oh, I had the best call, which the reality is it was a terrible call. And it was, a, it ended terribly, but it was the best call. So you got to understand that differentiation between the yeah. two. As long as you're talking to someone. Absolutely. And as long as that, those, that group around you, it takes a village, they say, right? It takes a village. And whether it is a spouse or a family member, a sibling, you know, a colleague, whatever it is, just talk about it yeah. because you can't carry these burdens alone. Because if you're only seeing tragedy and you're only seeing the worst, like you just mentioned, you're seeing an interactive criminal all day and you get disgruntled and you're like, it is similar to an everyday citizen community member. You know, you flip on the TV and you turn on the first few minutes of the news and it's all what bleeds leads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guess what? There was a first responder that went to all of those calls. Yeah. And right. if that is all we focused on every single day, people are like, oh, I can't watch the news anymore. Oh, it's just all gory and graphic. And somebody shot this person and there was an accident here. Well, guess what? Our first responders are the ones going to those accidents, yeah. those stories, the what bleeds leads part. And they have to do it. They signed up to do it yeah. because they genuinely want to make a difference and make an impact. 
No. They don't get to turn the TV off. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great, great example. And now more than ever, I mean, first responders need, need help. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the sure mental, is. mental health is, is, you know, on the forefront um, with many agencies now, along with addiction, but mental health has really taken mm-hmm. center stage. And it is so important that for the first responders out there, who are listening that they know that there's organizations like the hunter club out there that can help, you know, with, you know, financial assistance, things like that. And, you know, it is, it's just so critical now because our, our first responders are under fire, Angela, you know, that, I mean, I've never seen an environment. I mean, law enforcement's always been under the gun. That's a bad Mm -hmm. term to use, but um, they've always been scrutinized and rightfully so they got a lot of power, but Mm -hmm. when I retired, it seems like it's just gotten, I think there's a lot of support out there for law enforcement, but I wish people were more vocal. Um, but it, it's a t- it's always been a tough job, but it seems like our men and women now who serve are just constantly scrutinized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But thankfully, oh. thankfully, brave men and women are still getting into the, the field, but that takes a mental toll. I mean, you know, on, on, on people. I mean, for instance, when I first started Angela and probably when you first started with the feds, I mean, there wasn't, you know, generally law enforcement on any level was kind of, you know, there was some scrutiny, but now you get it from everywhere, from the highest points yeah. of government to radical uh-huh. groups out there and, you know, media, social media. Uh, now it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it can be overwhelming for our brave men and women out there. It really is for a couple of different reasons. I mean, you think about everybody's wearing a body camera now. Yeah. And everyone wants to pass judgment upon every single thing that happens. And it's only one angle. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but you can't even make a good joke anymore. You just can't. <laughs> you're like, that's a great joke. And you're like, okay, well, now you're getting fired. You're like, but it was just a good joke. Like, I meant no harm to anyone. Yeah. So, you know, having to sign up to become a law enforcement officer right yeah. now it's got to be tough even though they all grew up you know living their lives on video and those yeah, kind of yeah. things on youtube or whatever the case is still the idea that you're going to be in constant scrutiny every day even for making positive choices is really really a challenge yeah. and then also you know post pandemic post um the situation that happened in minnesota with george floyd everybody wants to pass judgment Absolutely. and then they're like okay let's defund let's defund the police well, you defund the police. You, that means you defund fire. That means you defund those that answer your 911 calls. And, and that, I, wor- I, that I worked. Just, that worked in cities. And now yeah, they're trying yeah. to hire back on cops again. Right. Yeah. Well, because I will say, you know, I recommend that those folks go spend some time in a country that doesn't have 911. Yeah. Because it's very unnerving. It's very unnerving to know you might be having a physical health you know, situation. You might be having a criminal. You get put on hold. Yeah. You get put on hold. And you have a family member who's having a stroke, which actually just was shared with me not too long ago. And she's like, yeah, I sat on hold. And I said, think about this. Those that don't want to support public safety and they want to take money from those resources that that affect the firefighter that's going to respond to your house that might pump the chest of your loved one and save their lives. You don't want to sit on hold. You might want to think about that. Nobody likes to pay taxes, but guess what? they go to wonderful, incredible things. So we, as a community, we just need to unite. Like you said, the support is good. We're fortunate here in Arizona that we love our first responders and the community inherently does too, but we need to take care of them. Yeah, absolutely. We need to be their backup. Absolutely. And we need backup too. We need people to support us as an organization so that we can continue 
to give the resources, to get people to that support that they need, whatever that modality is, because they are human too. Absolutely. And they have such a tough job and God bless them all. And, and the people who support them. And, and like you said, it, it amazed me that people, you know, want to defund and until, yeah, it happens to them. And then they're like, where are the cops? You know, it's just that I don't get that type of mentality. I mean, cops aren't perfect. You know, we make mistakes and, but you know, I, I hear it sometimes, you know, all cops are corrupt and uh, really all cops are corrupt. Really? Yeah. Every, every, every <laughs> man, woman, no matter what color their skin is, they're all corrupt. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, what, what world you're living in to judge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're quick to judge. They're like, oh, well, I got a ticket and this and that. And I love it when people say that. Well, don't speed because I'm like, oh, you got a ticket? <laughs> oh, better yet. Better yet. Be glad you didn't get a ticket every time you were speeding. Yeah, and then they're exactly. like, oh, 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 because on your way to wherever you were, you probably sped. So be well, glad. Yeah. Well, I like what you said too about, you know, getting back to body cams. And you know this, Angela. I mean, I, I use the, and I, I wish I could say I, came up with this example, but I didn't, I heard it somewhere before. I mean, think of an NFL game when, you know, a receiver catches the ball, there's debate whether or not both feet were in bounds. And how many angles do you see of that? You see oh, 15, 15 different, yeah. there's cameras coming out of the ground. They're, they're all over the yeah. place. A cop gets right. one shot, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, not shooting their handgun. I'm talking about video shot. Yeah. You don't see what's going on on the peripherals over here on the sides. So, yes, back to your point about, okay, seeing a video and quick to judge, you know, you got to, you got to give these men and women a break. They're doing a very difficult Absolutely. job, fire EMS dispatchers too, mm -hmm. who are <clears throat> in years past, they've often been, I think left behind, but they're first responders too. They um, absolutely but, are. And you think about, I, I've always said it's, it would be so challenging to be a dispatcher, oh. you know, on the law, law enforcement side or Side, you are now put into the call you're doing everything you can you're supporting it and you you have an idea of how it ends whereas dispatchers they're taking that phone call they have no idea what yeah, happens don't. after they hang up that phone and that's a beauty and a curse right i mean if you can work in that type of environment and go to and go to bed every night with 100 unfinished stories good for yeah. you well they don't but yeah. the other side of that is yeah. that those 100 stories are getting finished yeah. and they are being witnessed by our officers and our firefighters and not every call ends well. Yeah, so it's absolutely. a lot. It's a big burden to carry. Absolutely. Angela, you're amazing. If, if people want to find out more about the Hunter club, uh, can you give us a website for Hunter club, Arizona? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. It's 100club.org. And we would love to have you learn a little bit more about us and support however you can so that we continue can continue to give back to our police and fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mentioned that the 100 Club also, I mentioned the training I was recently in by our mutual friend. And the 100 Club goes into departments and, and other organizations and trains, right? And offers training, right? Or sponsors training. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's we amazing. will we will bring out some of the best in the industry to make sure that we are offering them that wellness, physical, mental health training opportunity to ensure that they've got what they need. So if you know people think, oh, they need. well, the reality is you've got to go through that training, that budget process approval, and that could take six months, year, maybe 18 Absolutely. months by the time you get the budget approved to attend something, whereas we can interject ourselves 
when they request it to make sure that we get sooner and maybe something that wouldn't normally be proof. The other thing we can do is we can help buy equipment to make them safer. Absolutely. And that's what we want to do. We want to affect the departments through training. We want to buy equipment that will make them safer so that they can continue to go home and be their best possible person to their friends and family. Angela Harrell, you are amazing. The 100 Club is amazing. Thank you for being on the show, taking time out of your big CEO VIP day. No, I no, 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 no. This is what matters. This is the good stuff. Do you get like a private? Do you get like a private plane, Angela? Is that how you zip around? You get like private planes and stuff. You know what? Can I? It it would probably keep me from being late, but I would take a masseuse first. I think I'd be like, "Can I just have somebody?" (laughs) All right, Angela. Angela Harrell, thank you so much. Oh yeah, you are a nonprofit. (laughs) So. We are. We are. Yeah. No big corporate budgets over here. (laughs) CEO of the hundred club. It's been an honor, Angela. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hope I can get you back on at some point and keep doing uh, the work you're doing, my friend. Well, you're very kind and I'd love to come back and keep spreading the message. Such an amazing person doing amazing work for our first responder communities. Check out this interview on our YouTube channel, CJ Evolution Podcast. Be safe, my friends.